I think that just about any business that you build, um, you know, relationships is going to be the core of you being successful or not. Welcome to the Passion Behind the Art Show. It's all about diving in with individuals to learn the story behind their passion. It's your host, Daryl Pinna. All right, I am pretty excited to have my, really, my brother from another mother, Cass Thompson, on the Passion Behind the Art Show. We go way back. Cass, what's up, bro? Yes, sir. What's going on, D? I'm up. So happy to be here. I know we haven't spoken in a while, but like uh, you just said, we go way back and just excited about the opportunity, you know, to talk about passion and art uh, in the same convo. So, yes. Cool, cool. So is it safe to say that you are basically like a serial entrepreneur? Uh, um, (laughs) I'd have to say that that's a good term. That's a good term. Since since I was a teenager, I've been uh, dibbling and dabbling in, in different things and Serial entrepreneur is definitely a good term for, <laughs> right, for the so, last 20 years of my life. Yes, so sir. What would you say was the first thing that got your entrepreneurial journey started? Um, I'd have to say the very first project for me, um, if I could go way back, was most likely when I was a teenager. Um, as you already know, I, you know, I was brought up in church and my father's a pastor. Um, and I think the first year of college, um, I really started getting into design and art. And, you know, one of the things that I voluntarily did in church was, you know, take on the responsibilities of, you know, printing the bulletin, you know, creating flyers, things of that nature. And for me, I was doing it so often that once I went to college that first year, um, I found that there was a niche there as well for people um, that had a need to do resumes, flyers, promoting, you know, workshops, et cetera. I'm like, hey, you know what? I, I could do this. It's something that's fun, but I could also make a little bit of money on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when I was 18, I formed my first company um, called Squick. I don't know if it's still out there, but it was called Squick uh, Digital Printing or something like that. We did all kinds of print work. Yes, sir. Oh, that's cool. I remember one time you had told me you had created something for, for the phone. Yeah, so um, this happened, so this was many years after that, but about 15, 16 years ago, um, right when ringtones started becoming a big thing. Um, <laughs> I know it doesn't seem like 15 years ago, but it was. So I you know, created a company that made ringtones specifically for the BlackBerry devices, because the BlackBerry wasn't like the other, like the Razer or anything like that, and the BlackBerry was you know, mostly looked at as a business device but still people wanted that customization etc i'm like hey i i I found a back door in i'm like i could create ringtones uh for this and i don't remember what you know what i do remember the company it was called handango and i don't know if they're still around but it was a marketplace before you know the apple store the android store there was handango and that was the place to go to in order to download apps you know 15 years ago so um that was another company yeah but what happened was I wasn't able to scale the business and carry it over efficiently into, um, you know, Apple's first device or, you know, the Android first first device or even Palm products at that mm. time because it was many moons ago. Um, so, you know, made a lot of money, had a lot of fun doing it, um, learned a lot just about business um, during that time. So I had some ups and downs. So it looks very luxurious, but I def- definitely ran into some issues um, back then as well. So tell me some of the things that you say you you learned. 
Um, I'd have to say the first thing that I learned with that specific project had to do with, you know, just, you know, the way I started off legally. So for one, I didn't own any of the music. And again, it's 15 years ago. So it's very early, you know, in this whole, uh, you know, piracy game. So <laughs> I didn't own any of the music. Um, I was able to play some of the music because as you know, I'm a musician as well. Um, but you know, me getting it to the device was definitely a backdoor way in. Uh, the second thing is I learned a lot about taxes. So I was getting a lot of money really fast and, uh, the way the business was set up, um, and you know, how hand to go was taking taxes out. Um, some of the reporting was off. So, you know, two or three years after that ran into some tax issues. I'm good now. We cleaned it up, but it was, it was, you know, I'm glad I went through that with that business mm -hmm. in order to, um, skirt some of, you know, the things that I'm, I'm doing right now. So it definitely taught me a lot. Just, you know, so if anybody's starting out of business, definitely, you know, get a good accountant, make sure your bookkeeper is good, you know, pull the taxes out up front and um, you'll be fine. But yeah, a, a lot was learned uh, during those transactions for sure. Yeah. That, I mean, it's funny you say that about the whole taxes thing. Like, yeah, for sure. That's probably the most beneficial thing to me right now is just having yeah. someone that I could go to to deal with all my taxes and everything right. that just she's just perfect, man, for right. handling right. my business stuff and all of that. Yeah. It's just perfect. Yeah. It's, an, it's a necessity and a lot of people overlook it, um, especially if, you know, they're starting off and they're not starting off with a growth mindset and they're mm -hmm. starting off real, real small. Um, but I tell people all the time, even if you're business even if in the first year you plan on only making a hundred dollars still make sure that your paperwork is good you know uh you know create an llc make sure that um even if you're using like some type of software because again now in 2018 it's very different than it was you know 15 years ago now you have a lot of programs and software uh, that could take care of that stuff but if you could get one person that's a bookkeeper somebody that you trust um to just you know pull that money out and hold it for you um that'll save you a lot of heart Heartache, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yes, sir. Uh, man. It's just, it's just so many things going through my mind right now. I just remember, yeah. like, um, if for those who don't know, like, I used to sing and Cass used to be on the keyboard yes. playing. For, oh, my gosh. Those are, yeah. like, it's, like, so many Golden different. Days, yeah. <laughs> Nostalgic, for sure. Yeah. And that's where I guess I started with my art, too. So it wasn't always design or photography. Right. Um, definitely started with music. That was definitely my heart. Um, and a lot of good memories were, were formed back then with you singing and you playing. <laughs> yeah, good times for sure, bro. <laughs> so, sure. like, I don't know if you remember, but before we get into what you're currently doing now, yeah. can you tell me some of the different types of business you've dibbled and dabbled in? Um, yeah, we could do that. So, uh, the first one was Squick, and again, that was design, uh, making sure that, again, I was offering those services to a market, whether it was from, you know, people that I met in church, those relationships mm -hmm. or people in school. Um, right after that also, um, cut hair for a little bit. So I was a barber, uh, just in the house, just clipping it up. Um, you know, started with my cousin and, you know, that transitioned into something else. Uh, a couple of years later, I also was a computer trainer. Mm. So I used to, you know, lend my computer skills to people that needed, um, yeah, any type of consultation work, whether it was building computers, maintaining, fixing. This is way back in the um, America Online days. So, you know, people <laughs> would get these, these CDs and just not know what to do with it. And for me, it was very easy to transition or at least 
bundle my approach where, hey, I'm trying to help you, but I'm also, you know, trying to make money. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that's very tough in art to be able to, to, to say that, hey, this is my passion, mm-hmm. but I also have to support myself doing it. Um, and, you know, I learned how to do that very early. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the second or third thing I did was, you know, the computer training piece. Um, you know, I left New York, then moved down to Atlanta. Then after that, I picked up on, you know, the ringtone business, mm-hmm. did that for a little bit. Um, you know, took a little break, and then I got into photography. And that's been, you know, the, the you know, my bread and butter for the past, you know, six years from a business standpoint. And as you stated earlier, um, the next venture is, you know, opening up a restaurant. So that should happen within the next 30 days. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Okay, so, cool. So I, I knew you had, in the past you had a full-time job. Are you right. like 100% now into photography? Yes. Yeah, so like, right now I'm 100% uh, self-employed. Um, so I was able to leave the full-time job uh, right in May, May of this year. So it hasn't been that long. Right. Um, but, you know, over the past 20 years I've been juggling both, which is difficult. But proud to say that uh, at this point I'm... 100% self-employed. Scary, but also proud to say it. <laughs> nice. But dude, yeah. like you've, I know you started with the photography, but right now you've yeah. like taken it, taken it to like a whole different level. I've been just right. kind of following you online. Like how did it jump from photography to basically like you basically could get hired by anyone right now to do any kind of media production? Um, I'd have to give a lot of credit to relationships mm. and really, you know, as an artist, putting yourself out there as, you know, somebody that's capable of doing the job. I think here's the thing. I've always been confident, even when I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> right. So once I built up the skill and I'm, and I'm not the greatest photographer, there are others out there that are, you know, 10 times better than me and have more experience. Um, but I'm also able to sell my skills in a transparent way. And if I can clearly articulate, you know, what I could do for you, and we could sit down and have a meeting, and you give me your vision. Um, I'm willing to say that, you know what, I could get this done, and I could get it done at this price. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also been times when I'm like, hey, you know what, I what you're asking for, and what your vision looks like, it might not be, it might not be me. And then mm-hmm. after that, I'll recommend uh, somebody that's either in my crew or another photographer that I've worked with in the past. Um, or if it's video production, uh, again, it comes off of recommendations. And when you build up that type of reputation, uh, D, what happens is, you know, nine out of ten times the, the client will still go with you <laughs> uh, because they like the fact that you're upfront, you're honest, you're working with integrity. Um, and I'd have to say that, you know, I'd have to say 90% of my success for getting clients has come with just being transparent. Um, and then the other piece is, you know, I'm I'm attracting the clients that I'm getting now based off of the work that I have in my, my portfolio. So, if, you know, you go to my Instagram, if you're looking at stories, if you're on YouTube, you kind of see what I'm capable of doing. And you might be like, you know what, I have a, a media idea or a concept and he's already proven that he could do this. Right. Uh, let, let me go with him. Um so it's also, you know, less of me selling. I'd have to say that's the other 10%. Less of me selling and people just just finding me and hitting me up via email, website, or even just, uh, you know, the DMs on Instagram. Right, sure. right. But, I mean, it kind of helps that you're kind of doing something that is on the cusp of, like, in demand and is kind of blowing up at the same time. The whole idea right. of just the aerial 
um, visual stuff and what, right. like talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I started um, really playing around with drones towards the late part of 2016. But I'm going to be very honest with you, D. Like the other thing that um, a lot of people don't, you know, know it, but you know, the listeners might not know is that I'm also a tech head or a geek in regards to just technology. Uh, so when I first picked up the drone, it wasn't from a photography standpoint. It was just another toy to me. I'm like, mm. hey, let me test it out. Let me play around with it. And then I remember my first flight. I was like, hey, this is just a camera with wings. <laughs> right? Facts. <I'm>, right? <laughs> right? So now I'm able to get perspectives and shots that I, I wasn't able to get on the ground. Um, and then I just started practicing like every day, linked up with other um, pilots, et cetera, and then stretched my skills. And that's what really catapulted me into switching up my media. Mm -hmm. But, you know, from a photography standpoint, I wasn't ahead of the game. I was looking at it more like from a technology standpoint. Mm -hmm. I was just trying to be an early adopter. And, you know, the unintended benefit was that, yes, my photography got better and I was able to add, you know, different um, techniques to to my catalog. So Mm -hmm. that's how the that's how the droning really started and um that's honestly been the bread and butter of my photography for the past uh, year and a half nice sure. nice nice so just to kind of what are some of the type of projects are you getting with the with that type of skill with the drone stuff yeah. uh, so my two biggest clients are going to be in real estate so mm, a, gotcha. network, a, a network of real estate agents that will call me for special projects um because if you think about it, you know, if you're buying a house, makes sense. Yeah, you might, you know, look on Zillow or whatever website, um, and you go, you go to the location. Then you're with your wife or your husband, and somebody's like, "Oh, I didn't know that there was no pool," or you know, "I didn't know what you know the the neighborhood looked like." Um, from a drone standpoint, I'm able to go up there, uh, you know, do aerial video, and I could, you know, link you to amenities, what the backyard looks like, and we could condense that down into a 60-second shot. Mm. And tell and tell a good story of why you'd want to you know purchase this house or what have you. Um, so yeah, number one clients right now are going to be construction. Number two, excuse me, not not construction, real estate. Number two is construction. Mm. So uh, we also have a couple of construction contracts where um, companies will take on these big deals, but sometimes their partners are in different states or in different cities, and they need to see updates basically weekly of what's happening with the prior pro, excuse me uh prospect or progress of that site um so rather than you coming out and taking tons of pictures i could go up there once a week or somebody on my team could go up you know we take the shots and we'll email those videos out so you could see progress uh on job sites so those are the top two so real estate um as well as uh construction and then number three if i had a third one it would be young business owners or uh, business owners which you know small businesses that want to appear larger than they are so they're like hey you know what i'm opening up the storefront or maybe there is no storefront but i live in um i live in atlanta and i want a, a picture of you coming into the city it just makes for a hollywood scene um on not such of a, a hollywood budget um so those are the top three clients that you know we're getting right now we're prospecting Man, I like that because you know one thing with the creative world, it's like everybody think like 
Like every every project that you get is like all glim and glamour. Like yeah, you know what I mean. Dirty. Dirty. <laughs> you're not it's always dirty. getting like the, the the movies or the stuff like that. Right. You're not always getting that, and it's cool that you get like the real estate stuff because usually those not so glam projects, those are the ones that really pay the best. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the other things that I learned early too, Daryl was. You know, creating a business that has a consistent revenue stream, um, you know, will keep the business alive longest. So, yes, I could put my work out there and try to get, you know, bigger projects and they might pay more, um, but they're probably going to be coming at one tenth the speed Mm -hmm. as me doing a real estate gig. There are a thousand, you know, real estate agents in Atlanta and they're all looking to, you know, do a good job of selling their houses to potential buyers, right? So they all want to look good. And here's the thing, you have one, if you get one real estate agent that has aerial, you know, aerial videos, et cetera, or aerial pictures, and then you have another real estate agent that doesn't, it's a right? Wrap. It's a wrap. It's, <laughs> it, it's an easy sell. And honestly, you know, I'm not even, you know, putting the real estate agent in, into a box, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to help them sell their dream. I'm going to be like, hey, if you were a buyer and... You know, you have a house in another side of town and you just wanted to get this information out as quickly as possible. You know, would this save you time? Would this save you money? And more importantly, would it help you close more sales? And if you answer yes to all three of those, then I'm your guy. <laughs> I'm your guy for sure. So, love it, love it. Yeah. So how is a photographer, a media creator, jump from that into opening a restaurant? Uh, um... The two things have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. So, I mean, I know that you were born in Jamaica. I was born in Jamaica too, but I've been here quite some time. And um, I'd have to say that the whole idea of a restaurant came from two places. Number one, it came from you know me really staying true to my roots. You know, I love Jamaican food. I've been in Atlanta for a while. This is no knock on any current Jamaican restaurant in Atlanta, but. Um, you know, when I step into a Jamaican restaurant, two things are happening and I see you laughing. So, you know where I'm going with this, right? So two things could possibly happen. Either the food is going to be subpar or mediocre, right? Or, and, or the experience is not going to be what you expect from a Jamaican restaurant. So either it's going to be a long wait, somebody's going to be rude, et cetera. I still see you smiling because you've experienced (laughs) it, right? So, you you know, you go into a Jamaican restaurant and again, this is not a hundred percent. It's just... You know, eight times out of ten that you're not getting you know good experience or good food or sometimes even both but these places are still packed d mm-hmm. you will still go yep. and even regardless of the food quality and i know my palate is different because i was born in jamaica or the the, the wait time people are still lining up and they want something different they want a nice home-cooked meal so that's where it came from you know as a jamaican i think that's Every almost every Jamaican guy would be like, "Yeah, man, I just want to open up a Jamaican restaurant. It's something something that I could call my own." Right, um, right. And the second thing is, you know, just wanting to, um, you know, have a just wanting to have a brick and mortar building to do business in, create events, to mm-hmm. to have a place where people could come, have a good time, have a good experience, um, a place where I could also help. Give back to the community, mm-hmm. either through job creation, you know, hosting events, you know, volunteerism. Uh, I, you know, those are three things that's very important to me. And uh, the restaurant just made the 
most sense right now in regards to you know what I can do with my time when I'm not in photography. All right, so I need some place to eat. I want to share that experience <laughs> with everybody else, but also having you know one hub, one location where people can really just come and have a good time. Yes, I sir. I love it, man. Makes sense, man. Says yep. yep. so. Online, like I feel like you do a, an awesome job of like telling in stories, even mm-hmm. through just promoting the restaurant on right. your photography stuff. What are some of the principles that you go by by just being able to to tell stories? Yeah, um, I try to think like the consumer. So even though I'm a creator, I also consume myself. Right, so I'm jumping on. Instagram, I'm, I'm jumping on YouTube, I'm jumping on Facebook, and there's not a lot of time to consume. So for me, it was almost like root cause analysis. Like how, you know, if I'm gonna put something out, and I know that as a consumer, these are the things that I like and these are the things that I don't like, it's just simple for me to be like, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna create a story that's eight minutes long because if I'm watching a story that's eight minutes long, I'm gonna click off mm-hmm. within the first two minutes because you know we live in a society that's, Hey, you know, seven seconds and, and my attention is gone. Um, I also try to flip things up and give you different types of content. So it might be a poll. It might be, you know, a longer video format. It might be, um, you know, me adding flashing titles, right? So I know that my consumers or my, you know, the people that are watching, my followers are coming back um, because they're seeing something new every time. And they don't know what to expect. Sometimes I have music. Sometimes. Right. It's, it's a drum. Sometimes it's behind the scenes, right? Sometimes on, uh, you know, the restaurant page, it might be just a, a nice plate of, you know, oxtails and rice and peas, right? Um, even today, I, I dropped another poll. Hey, you know, fried dumplings or boiled dumplings? I'm, I just try to engage with my, uh, with my followers as much as possible. And I don't take it for granted that they're just followers, right? I know they want to engage, so mm-hmm. I want to engage back. So I'm going to create content that's as engaging as possible. Yep. Like it, man. I like it, especially for the restaurant stuff. I like how you're yeah. like, taking everybody on in on the journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people want to see that too. I think, yeah. you know, even this podcast is really again the story, right? Mm-hmm. And I try to. I I think even in sales, you know, telling a story is what connects and creates relationships, right? And I've never built a restaurant before. I've never owned a restaurant, um, but I'm sure that people are curious to see what the steps are like. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm gonna. And even in the beginning of this podcast, I was like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm wide open. I'm transparent. Um, you you could follow along and I'll tell you what I've messed up on mm-hmm. and how I fixed it and how I've learned. And I think that when you're able to tell those types of stories, people have more empathy, one. But then number two is they feel that they're a part of the project. So, you know, all the files that I have right now, all the people that I've been talking to about the restaurant, they are a part of the restaurant. They're as much owners as, as, as I am, right? And they're, they're going to come with me, um, and they'll stick around because of that. I love like, it, man. I love it. So to jump good. right into, what would you say was the hardest struggle in your journey that you had to overcome? Um, you mean since the very beginning? Yeah, as far as it, I mean, it yeah. all, all depends on you. How... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have to say the biggest struggle for me was just work-life balance. Um, you know, I have kids have a family. And I'd say for any entrepreneur or even artist, you know, when you have a family, there's going to be sacrifices that have to be made uh, for sure. And I think earlier on, you know, just as a young man, I I didn't always manage my time the best way. um, And I didn't always communicate my passion or my dream. Like, so any, any entrepreneur out there 
that has a spouse, I could definitely speak for them <laughs> in saying that, <laughs> hey, if your spouse is not you know, a part of the journey, you're going to have 10 times more challenges, mm. right? So you have to be able to communicate, um, even if you're the sole principal, the one that's making it happen, your, spite, your spouse, your husband or your wife has to come along uh, you know, for the journey with you and, and play a part in that game, or there's going to be difficulties, or it's just going to be harder to, to get things done. Mm. And then, you know, as a grinder, if you're just hustling 24-7 and you have kids, you, you're going to have to make time for them. And, you know, every time I talk to an entrepreneur, they're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for my kids. Then your kids have to know that, hey, if you miss a football game or what have you, that this is the why. Mm. Um, and then you, you make that up by, you know, being present when you can, for sure. So I think that's, for me personally, that was the biggest struggle uh, early in my career, uh, early in my start of entrepreneurship, just being able to balance out my dreams and aspirations and, I, and what I wanted to do long term um, with family and making sure that my family knew that they were important. Um, and it just, again, comes down to communication and making sure that everybody knows what the dream is, that nice. it's not a one man dream. It's it's a family dream. Love it. Love it. That's the truth, man, because sometimes... Yeah. Like starting a business is like getting a new toy. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, bigger than that, it's almost like having another child, right? So, so even if you have one child and you have another child, what happens to the first child? There's going to be some jealousy, like, hey, you know what? I have a little brother now. I have a little sister now. You're putting all your time and attention because mom and dad is going to be giving all of the attention to that newborn, mm. right? And then you have a two-year-old or a three-year-old, whatever, right? Just for the sake of a, you know, the story, that's going to feel some type of way. And you got to give them, you got to give them equal attention too. And it might come down to communication or what have you. But if you could get that two-year-old to participate with the newborn, which is the business, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a trick right there. Love it, Love man. Love sure. it. So, who would you say are like your support system, the pillars that pillars? keep you going? You know, what I mean, right? Your support system. Yeah. So believe it or not, I really don't have a lot of friends. Um, I have a lot of people that are in my corner and associates. And hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, you know who, who you are <laughs> if you're if you're considered a friend. But for me, from a support standpoint, it's the friends that have been you know with me the longest, the ones that um, really know what I'm trying to do, know my story. They know uh, and have seen the struggles. And they're also able to keep it very honest with me. So when I'm totally off, if I'm in the wrong, if I'm you know not doing something that I should be doing, if I acted out of character or with you know um, you know less integrity than normal, they you know because we have such a close friendship, they're able to just corner me and be like, hey Kaz, you know what's going on? That's not like you. Um, so I do respect people that are you know willing to keep it real with me. Um, hey, that last project you put out. That was trash, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, that last picture, you you didn't give it your all. Or when you didn't follow up, you, you know, you're not acting cast-like or what have you. So I'd have to say that, you know, the friends that I do keep around me, the ones that I, um, you know, you know, talk to on a regular basis, you know, they're very tight. But then I have associates, too, people that inspire me from afar. Um, I could use you for an example. So we haven't talked in a long time. But, you know, I support what you do. I see what you're doing. And even if we don't talk, you're still an inspiration. So I also look to other people, whether it's online or in person, that I don't really talk to a lot, but I, I gain inspiration from on a regular basis, even if they know it or not. Um, 
And then I'd have to say on top of that, I am a part of what's called a mastermind group as well mm. with two other individuals. Um, and, you know, we talk weekly and we hold each other accountable to some of the projects that we're working on. We'll talk about, you know, what really worked well this week, what didn't work well, what we're trying to do. Um, and then in that mastermind meeting, we'll, you know, as we talk about what we want to do, if somebody else in that meeting has a contact, a book to read, a podcast to listen to, you know, we'll offer each other advice and be like, hey, you know what, you know, I know you're trying to do this with your taxes. I use, I've used this account in the past, call him or her up, uh, for example. So, yeah, so between, you know, close friends, again, people that inspire or inspire me from afar, and then, you know, this mastermind group, those would be, you know, the three groups of people that I lean on the most. And, you know, if I had, a, had to add a fourth, you know, my family is there too. So, yeah. you know, close family, extended family, you know, they also keep me grounded for sure. Yeah, thanks. Sure. Yes, sir. Yeah, I know, I, I, I know this is T. It's just the T for sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And here's the thing. I said immediate family. Um, you know, you know, I love my mom, but my dad has definitely helped me, you know, over the past 20, 25 years, um, ever since I was a kid. But I say 20, 25 years specifically because that's when I started to get into business. Mm. Um, so he's been there you know, along the way to guide me to make sure that I'm living up to my own expectations um, you know, meeting the expectations of, you know, the people that I serve. And from a business standpoint, again, if I, if I run into an issue, like he's, he's the person I'm going to call. Or if I have a big idea that seems even bigger than me, even with the restaurant, I called him first. I was like, Hey, this is what I want to do. What do you think? Um, and he keeps it real with me. I love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, Till yeah. this day, your your pops is probably outside of my mom the greatest mentor I've ever had. Yeah, he's smooth, man. He's yeah. smooth. He'll keep it real. He's very humble. Um, and you know, from a leadership standpoint, he's you know, you know more than just my father. He's somebody that I could really just listen to, and I know he's gonna shoot me straight. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> so let's jump into some kind of uh, what's the first hour of cast day like business day business day all yeah. right so i do get up very early anybody that knows me personally i'm up between five and six o'clock every single day no matter what um i don't know if that's because i'm getting old and i have to go nature's <laughs> calling or i just got to get things done um but i will typically handle all social all my social media in the morning mm-hmm. um so if i'm posting typically you'll see my posts come out before six o'clock i'm handling email and then I'm looking at my to-do list or, or curating my to-do list from the previous night. So that's the first um, you know, hour of the day. If that is a gym day, I'll also try to hit the gym that morning. And I'm usually trying to go to the gym two or three times a week. And I prefer to go to the gym in the morning and get it out of the way. And it's right. less likely that you're going to put it off if you do it at night. Um, then after that, maybe you know, I'll eat. If I don't skip breakfast... Um, I'll definitely grab something to eat and then I'm making phone calls and I'm setting up I'm setting up a list of goals that I have to hit that day. Um, so what I mean by that is, you know, when you are self-employed, you have a budget, right? <laughs> and let's say you have to have to make, you know, 2000 or 3000 or 5000 a month just to pay bills, mm-hmm. to put a little away for savings. Um, what I do is I chop that up and break it down per day. Right. So if it let's say it was, you know, three thousand dollars, I'm like, hey, I need to 
you know, I need to make a hundred dollars today. <laughs> right. right. So that's my goal. So then hopefully there's already a plan that I put into place earlier in the week. Um, but that morning I'm following up on that goal. So it could be to sell a print. It could be to you know, do some you know, drone work. It could be to take portraits or do what have you. But that's when I'm just analyzing the sales part of my mind. You know, what do I have to do today to just eat and survive and to make money and to take care of my kids, right? Um, after that, I'm typically out and about if I don't have a morning shoot. Um, so I do typically like to shoot in the morning um, before 10, 11 o'clock or late in the evening. So now I'm just shooting all day and then responding to emails. I might jump back in and do a little bit more social networking uh, by way of you know, stories or what have you, but that's heavily curated as well. Um, by five, six o'clock, I'm settling down, winding down. Um, I might just, you know, grab a bite and then catch up with the news of the day. So I'm jumping back on the social networking, looking at Twitter, jumping onto YouTube, seeing what I missed. Um, I won't do that for more than an hour. After that, I'm winding down and responding to email before I go to sleep. And then right before I go to sleep, I'm setting up goals and again, curating that to-do list for the very next day. Um, typically in bed pretty early, um, nine, ten o'clock, because I get up early, right. and yeah, I want to have a good, I want to have a good night's sleep. Um, if I'm going to bed late, late to me is like ten thirty, eleven o'clock. But I'm, I'm trying to really be in chill mode and meditation mode, and thinking about, you know, what I could have done differently that day, the good I did that day, what I have to do the very next day. I'm using that time. You know, between nine and eleven o'clock to just you know again settle my mind. I love I, I love how you you kind of break it down and do things in bite sizes because sometimes yeah. you say you know you put in your mind oh I need to make five thousand a month and it seems so daunting. Yeah. But yeah. When you kind of break it up in a like a bite size, okay, yeah. per day, it just seems a lot more possible. Yeah, it is. It is. I tell I tell creators that all the time. And when they're like, hey, Kaz, how, you know, how are you, you know, self-employed or what have you? I'm like, all right, so the first thing you have to figure out is how much you need to make in order to live for the month. And then once you take that number, you divide it by 30 days, or sometimes I'll even say 22 days. That way you can have the weekends off if you want to. Divide that number by 22 days, and then you know that, hey, you know what? I need to make that amount every single day. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you have a strategy, but then you could jump in it to the tactics of specifically how to hit that number. Right. Um, and sometimes it might require that you're doing something other than your art. You might have to right. you know, do Uber or be a waiter or a waitress or what have you. And I think that that's okay until you get to the place that you want. So I don't really knock a nine to five job, mm -hmm. but if you are self-employed, you have to treat that like the nine to five job. And if you work the nine to five, best believe that your supervisor, your manager, or what have you, they're gonna give you goals goals for the day right. right so as an entrepreneur you have to do the same thing it just takes a little bit more self-discipline and again breaking it down into a bite-sized chunk is the easiest way to uh, eat that elephant sure right. cool yes, cool book recommendations ah that's a good one book recommendations i'm definitely a, a reader and recently switched this is not a sponsored you know ad but i do like audible um i read a lot of books and it kind of depends on where what mode i'm in Mm -hmm. um, I'd have to say from a sales standpoint, I do like Grant Cardone, mm -hmm. um, the 10X rule. So that, mm -hmm. that, that keeps me sales savvy and it keeps me driven. Um, from a leadership standpoint, 
I like everything by John Maxwell. So 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership is a go-to. There's 21 laws. If you could just kind of jump in and you know get seven or eight of them down, I think you'll be great from a leadership standpoint. Um, he's also written another book called, I don't want to mess up the title, but it's has a lot to do with failure, not 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 being afraid of you know failure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get you the title. I'll text it to you or tweet it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he definitely does a good job with just leadership overall. Um, from a relationship standpoint in business, I'd have to say Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm. Um, Stephen Covey. I read the book and also went to a two day class. Mm. Uh, so that has definitely sharpened my discipline. So even you know baking out my day the way I do, uh, making sure that I spend time with family. A lot of those concepts have come from Seven Habits highly effective people um, other books on the list uh, might include mastery I think that was a Gladwell book um, yes so uh, did, yeah 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 so yeah, mastery yeah. he also did the 48 laws of power but mastery I like as well um, for me even being a solo entrepreneur it has it has also a lot to do with me one wanting to learn different things all the time mm-hmm. uh, from music right. To photography. <laughs> right i'm typically self-taught and it's because like i have a passion to just learn new things mm-hmm. but i think the mastery book you know really slows you down and you're like yeah. hey you really can't master anything until you're at um you know ten thousand hours right. <laughs> you know in 2018 in the age of millennials it really stresses the importance of being patient. I see a lot of people start something and then they give up after the first month. I'm like, man, you're not even you're not even one percent in. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't you haven't given it a chance quite yet. Um so that's that. I recently read a book that's way out in left field. I think it was called The Magic The Magical Art of Tidying Up. Um mm. the, the Marie Kondo is by Marie Kondo. I heard of I heard of yeah, Marie Kondo into, though. Yeah, it different to the Kondo effect. Um, because I've been studying minimalism mm. and yeah, that yeah. book definitely jumped, jumped in. And it was really a powerful book for me. Um, not from just a minimalism standpoint, but she talks a lot about just decluttering your mind and staying right. just, um, so that was a good book. So just, just off the rip, those were like five or six books that, you know, a couple of them I, are on my list. Uh, I read 10 X rule before. Mm-hmm. But a couple of those are on my list. Like mastery, I definitely want to dive into that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Mastery is good. Mastery yeah. is good. And just like Forty Eight Laws of Power, he he's telling stories through each concept, mm-hmm. so that keeps you engaged as well. So, yeah, those are some of my favorites, man. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Love it. Like you, you got me just bubbling I, right yeah, now. Yeah, that's, that's my goal. <laughs> Hype you up, man. <laughs> anybody could. I tell people all the time. Anybody could do it. If, again, you have that passion and then you just set up a good game plan for yourself and then just go and execute, right. um, you can really just kill it. Right, I, really, right. I really do believe it. I just don't talk it. I believe it. Like, there's nothing that's impossible out there. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So, um, like, you, you've dropped a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience. Yeah. Like, what, I guess, defining or what advice would you have for some, someone out there that's trying to do something, trying to build something? You know, what advice would you have for them? Um, two things. Uh, treat people with respect at all times. Right? I, I, I'd have to say that, you know, my biz, my biggest success is really not even business, really just honing relationships. And it doesn't mean that you have to 
know, sugarcoat everything or you right, can't right. be real. Um, but, you know, when you move with, you know, certain integrity, when you're, when you're truly trying to do the best for people and look out for them and they see that, um, they remember it. You know, they may not say it, but they'll remember it. So for me, I definitely value relationships. I think that just about any business that you build, um, you know, relationships is going to be the core of you being successful or not. Right. So that could be relationships with your vendors, with your partners, um, with your customers. Right. You have to you have to be able to create and cultivate relationships no matter what to be successful. Um, number two for me would be not to underestimate the power of you know free education. Like right now, like 20 years ago, I wish I had I had YouTube. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Like so between YouTube, being able to Google stuff, being able to to really consume, you know, a lot of information. Again, you know, when you're a creator, you don't want to consume all day. Right. But if you like, you know, baseball caps and you want to make baseball caps, you can mm-hmm. now jump. Yeah, you could jump on Google. You could, and from every step of the process, Daryl, you could you could find out where to buy hats. You know, how to embroider them. Like, you know, you could create logos. You could find a vendor. You could, you know, start a website. You could mm-hmm. sell to a website. You could. You know, from the very art of conceiving an idea all the way to scaling it to getting it to the consumer, you can learn how to do that um, online. So for me, um, you know, don't underestimate the power of education. You know, with everything that I've learned in the past, you know, six, seven years has come from just researching and jumping online and reading books. Um, so again, just staying educated in, in regards to your passion, constantly learning never getting comfortable, right? I think that's a big thing too. Cause, so, and what I mean by that is you can learn how to do something, mm-hmm. but then push yourself to the next level. Right. What, what, uh, you know, what else do you need to learn? There's no end when it comes to learning. You're, you have to constantly you know, looking for ways to do things better, do things faster, uh, do things more efficiently. And it's gonna come from um, you know, just opening up your mind and being you know, ready to receive. You know, Love it, man. Love it. So where can people go to find you to learn more about what you're doing? Uh, right now, the easiest place to find me is uh, everywhere. It's Cass Thompson. So that's C-A-S, last name Thompson. I'm on Twitter, on Instagram. I think I'm, I'm the most consistent on Instagram. I think that is my social uh, network of choice. But again, Cass Thompson everywhere, CassThompson.com. Um, you can reach out, call. If anybody needs any help, I'm there. Um, the restaurant's website, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't plug that as well. Uh, Kingston Grill ATL. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and the dot com is also up. So we're opening up pretty soon. We'd love to see everybody's shining faces if you're in the Atlanta area. Um, come through for sure. Well, dude, I mean, this has been awesome. Like, yeah. thanks so much for coming on. It's been great, man. Yeah, same here. I appreciate the opportunity. I love everything that you've been doing. I'm a, I'm a fan as well. I'm a listener. <laughs> uh, so keep up the good work. It's definitely inspirational and beneficial to us creators out here. All right. Well, for now, I'm going to let you go. But thanks again, Cass. All right. Thanks, D. I appreciate you. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. I really appreciate you taking the time out. I hope, you know, you got something from it that it brought you value and you know, you were able to pull something, some key tips, some key practices that can help you to take your career to the next level and just to elevate your mindset in general. Um, if you want to learn about everything that I'm doing, 
you can go to dpcreates.com. That's D as in dog, P as in Peter, creates.com. Or go to the podcast website. That's passionbehindtheart.com. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. Be blessed.